0: Welcome back to the Pulse Back Society Podcast, episode number two. We've made it to the second one, all right? My name is Kyle. I'm an RN by test, a thoughtful nurse by design. Today, we will be talking about why experience is so hard. And we all know that experience makes us better at our job, no matter what your job is, no matter if you're a doctor or a nurse uh rad tech a laboratory technician if you have no experience you're not gonna be as good as someone who has more experience and that is kind of where all this started from and in the beginning of my nursing career like I said in the first pod first episode of this podcast It seemed like I was just a little tiny little baby nurse black cloud or something. And I kept having these patients that seemed perfectly normal. And then either they would code or that we had to like emergently take them back to the operating room. And in each of these instances, like for instance, like the operating room, I still remember this one to my day. this day. My original preceptor had called off her shift. She was feeling sick, so then I got assigned to a new one for that shift, and we went over. I met her. She gave me a rundown of the patient. The patient had just had their valve replacement, a cabbage times two. Um, They had been extubated overnight, and they were... I mean, relatively doing okay for just having their chest cracked open and everything would go in. Everything seems fine. Blood pressure's within normal range. I know this now, uh, at this point in time in my baby nurse career, that the blood pressure looked fine. The heart rate looked fine. The patient was doing okay for where they were. My preceptor seemed to like, she just looked at the patient and then walked right out of the room, found the doctor and said, this patient needs to go back to surgery. Dr. comes in, she gives her spiel and they're like, "Okay, patient needs to go back to surgery." And I go, "Okay, like what what did you see? Like what did what told you that that patient needed to go back to the OR to get what essentially was fixable is that the the graft site ended up not being in the most ideal location, so they had decided to revise it in a way that was more preparable for that patient in that time. And <coughs> and it's like the, she was like, she just told me she's like, well, I just had this gut feeling that something was not right. And I was like, well, how am I supposed to learn a gut feeling? How am I supposed to go from what you see in a textbook, what you see in this, and get a gut feeling? It just seemed infallible to me at the time and it made me think about it the rest of the day I was like how am I supposed to know like how am I supposed to get this and it's just she just said like she repeated to me multiple times you will get there with experience and I just started hating hearing this as baby nurse. was like you're gonna get it with experience you're gonna get it with experience I was like well how do I make sure I get all the right experiences like how do I make sure that I'm Facilitating my career in a way that makes me unstoppable. I mean, you really don't know. Like, you don't know what you're going to get. And I am very blessed. I know that I am blessed and where I started my nursing career. We got to choose our assignment at the beginning of the shift. I mean, granted, if you were there from the day before, you got to choose what you wanted your back. And I mean, most people did. I mean, everybody knows, I mean, or you will find out that there are patients that you don't want to have back. Um, but I I know that I was blessed where I started. I started my nursing career in a place that we got to pick our patients, and that allowed me to pick the experience that I needed. Now, when I moved on to my career, moved to another facility, it became a charge nurse there, I made the assignments. But I had that mentality of not just giving the best air quote patients to the most experienced nurses that were really good at it but gave those patients to new nurses that needed the challenge and they needed to challenge themselves the ones that said I want more of a challenge but not everybody has that mentality of pushing their boundaries. We as nurses i have seen time and time again get complacent and comfortable with where we are and we dislike the uneasiness of a challenge. But I can tell you that COVID kind of pushed that out of the way. I mean, we didn't have a choice. A lot of us didn't have a choice in what we got. We got COVID plus what other various other ailments the patient already had along with it and we got the complexity that came with that too and we'll get into one of those experiences during COVID here in a bit but it's like when I was a baby nurse it's like I just got tired of hearing you will get it with experience because I, I was afraid that I wouldn't be able to get the experience that mattered And what I mean by that is like, I was afraid that I wouldn't get the experience to give me the confidence or the clinical decision making or the know-how to save that patient's life. And I mean, how are you supposed to get that? It just seems almost impossible to know that unless you can see the future, you know, that these are the only experiences I need to be good at my job. Um. But I mean, really, if you're nursing, you're nursing in the hospital, you're nursing at the bedside, you're taking care of patients, it's not always going to be the same thing. We know this, like we get floated to other units, we get floated, um, patients get floated to our unit because they ran out of beds, they needed a bed to put this patient in to get the care they needed. And we may not be comfortable with that disease process, but when we set ourselves up to be unstoppable we can cultivate our experience and our know-how and be adaptable to be the superhero and unstoppable nurse that that patient needs when they need us and like I said this podcast is all about when that patient's heart stops we are unstoppable and we as the Pulse Back Society community are the nurses that have this glutton for punishment of always being the ones that are good at doing this. Or maybe you're the nurse who wants to be good at this and be that one that just seems to walk in to the code room and everyone's like, okay, we got this now. And that's really where I wanted to be. And that's the experiences that I wanted to gain to get there. And When I got to the point that I started precepting new nurses and and baby nurses and experienced nurses that were transitioning to the ICU and nursing students, I would always challenge my preceptees to think outside the box for their own experience, like, cultivation. Like you need to be prepared for anything because that is what we do as a nurse. We are prepared for anything that's thrown at us for that 12, 8 hours or whatever your shift may be, day or night, 365. For as long as we are at the bedside, we are unstoppable when our patients need us to be. So how do you overcome not having any of that experience? So, like I said, like we're going to get into some of these fun experiences that I've, that I've had through throughout my career. And one of those, like I said, that came during COVID was I got floated to a unit that was taking care of just COVID patients because that's how we segmented it out. Like, let's not put COVID patients everywhere. Let's just put them in all one side of the hospital and the, the COVID germs won't get anywhere else because that's how we knew it worked at the time. So the other part of what we... New is that we were just going to put the patient in the room our fancy pumps are going to be outside there's going to be 10 feet of mri tubing to go from our pump outside the room to our patient inside there and then we can see them through that tiny window and say hey are you doing okay and and hope that they are and like i've said before my my nursing career has been plagued by i feel like too many of these patients who have um pa and these complex code decompensation events and the first thing i thought of when i got to this and i got my assignment they told me you do not go into the room unless the patient is dying i was like okay how do you want me to know that do you have a monitor that tells me when my patient dies do you have a monitor that tells me that my patient is pa arrested no, okay, so you want me to just look through my window, see a patient who looks COVID dying anyways, to know if they are dying, dying, or just COVID dying. Okay, thumbs up, all right, that's, that's what we're gonna do. All right, here we go. And it just made me think that entire shift, I was like, how do I even know if this patient PA rests? Like, how do I know? Because my monitor's not gonna tell me, my monitor's gonna tell me that they have a rhythm, their pulse ox sucks anyways, it's already like in the eighties. Like, do I have to wait for it to go into the seventies? Do I have to wait for it to kind of like not have that waveform anymore if it had a good one to begin with? Like, how am I gonna know that this is happening? And basically, it was just it was a, it was a new fear of mine because of just my past experiences with PEA and my experience with knowing that the monitor is not going to tell me that my patient's heart isn't pumping anymore. <laughs> so I was like, how am I supposed to know that happens? And I, I just figured, you know, it's like the one of the top three um, ways that a patient's going to PA rest on you. One of those top three is hypoxia or some type of obstructive lung problem that causes the heart to over, overload, can't pump out. So the pump loses its pumping power and so then you still have your electrical conduction that goes through and then nothing's pumping out how am i supposed to know this for this patient i just knew that if the patient was going to arrest it was going to be a pa so i just was on my toes but i left so stressed out and so like my nerve endings were just just so tired by the end of those 12 hours for <laughs> those three days i did in a row floating to that unit and and it just made me know that I needed to constantly adapt to be that unstoppable force. I was lucky it didn't happen. But having these discussions with my colleagues sitting there is like, how are we supposed to know? And turn to find out that's like, that happened. You know, it happened because that it just was going to happen. It wasn't like it was not going to happen. I mean, COVID was so new. COVID was so misunderstood in the beginning that I mean it was just bound to happen and I mean statistically saying 30-ish percent of patients who arrest it's going to be a PEA arrest another 30 to 40 percent is going to be asystole and the other ones are the ones that you do on tv that you get to shock and you get to do all the fun things that Gray's Anatomy showed you Um, they're really cool say clear and press a button and then deliver a shock and do all those fun things. But those didn't happen and they didn't happen for long because those are the ones that we get to bring back and we get to save the of the time. Like PA, I mean, asystole, we know it's like, it is, I mean, that's, that's happening. Like there's no rhythm, there's no pump, there's nothing happening. So it's like, how do you save the PA patient? Because those are the ones that we can save And we'll get into this in later episodes because PA is such a big soapbox for me. You're going to hear a lot of these if you follow this episode that, I mean, PA patients, 8% of them leave the hospital. But in hospital arrests, 60% are PA arrests. Crazy. Like I didn't even know that that was a thing until I started researching this thing and I was like this is seems impossible and this is why this is always happening to me because I always happen to be in the 60% I don't get to do any of the fun codes come on let me do some of the fun codes and everything and and I and I've digressed but these these experiences and how I try to teach my preceptees is that You get your little experience. You get the knowledge that you have, maybe no experience at all. But if you just mentally put yourself in these situations, you prepare yourself for the clinical decision-making that you need to make during these critical moments, you can make yourself better without that experience. Maybe you can take that one experience and make it 10 experiences. You can cultivate the thought processes and the experiences that you need to be unstoppable when your patient's heart stops and nothing will end up being scary or be fearful you'll become what you're seeking to be and this is where I need to do my little plug the Pulse Back Society newsletter for just $2 a month you get monthly case studies to do this exact thing I'm talking about You go through the case study, you put yourself into these situations of, what would I do if this was my patient? What do I do when this patient tries to die? What do I do? How do I lead the people around me? How do I delegate the staff around me for these situations? If I'm a charge nurse, I'm the preceptor, if I'm all these different things, you get the time to cultivate that experience outside of those stressful situations so that you can be better in those situations and then multiply on top of that i mean this is a snowball effect as the experience rolls you're going to collect more but if you just add in these mental experiences through these case studies and you go through the process that snowball grows even bigger even before you've gotten more experience And then that next experience, and it keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger, and you become that unstoppable avalanche of snowfall to protect your patient. And where I started, my nursing career was in Iowa, and we always joked that the best time to have a cardiac arrest when you're an outside um, patient was when you're shoveling snow. Because you came in self-cooled, you you protected neurologic function, you got to... (laughs) you got to wake up after 48 hours after we went through our entire protocol and be perfectly fine because you did half of our job for us thank you so much to all of the patients we took care of in iowa unfortunately i don't do that now here i'm in texas and i don't imagine that being superheated during the summer and cardiac arresting does anything for your neurologic function um case studies and research to be determined on that one but again the the digressions keep coming but that is what we are doing here in the Pulse Pack society is cultivating your own critical thinking clinical decision making and experiences so that you can become unstoppable and that is what we're going to have fun doing and we have come to the end of another episode if you like this follow us second episode still on spotify we haven't made any changes yet hopefully one of these days i can figure out how to add some sweet tune to this we can have all the glorious music if you have any suggestions let me know i'm planning on making episodes that are tied in with like playlists so that maybe you can listen to it through night shift to keep you awake so that you don't fall asleep and miss your patient PA resting. Just kidding, didn't happen. Yes, it did, but not to me. Okay, it happened to a coworker. Um, we were a very awesome unit. We had monitors everywhere. We all watched everyone's patients. You know, at night, it can be crazy. It seems like every patient tries to die at night because the sun's not there. There's one bright light above them. They think that's the one they got to go into, but we we did save the patient for the time being. But it didn't um, end well for the patient. I don't think I don't remember them leaving the unit, but they did stay alive for I think ten or fifteen more days after that. But they had a lot going on. So, anyways, <clears throat> again I said we're going to try to add in the music and try to add in some fun to these episodes if you have any playlists you want you have genres that you like to do let me know thank you again